We just out here skating, you know, every day we do so. Let's fucking sir! Let's go! We in this bitch. I really didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is modern day hippie shit. You mature. We are live in three, two, one, and we're live. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of mdh tv you know with me i got dre and we got a special guest for y'all today we got you know my homie neo bay from back at school here with you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit good i'm neo bay i've been trying to get on this podcast for like a cool year and now i'm finally here so <laughs> that's right. cap it hasn't been a year but <laughs> if it makes you feel better you are first guest that we've had on in a while so really our first our yeah. first guest 2022 yeah, our first guest of 2022 and, like, the first guest we've had, like, with the both of us in, like, over, like, three or four months. Mm. Yeah. So, I feel special. Yeah, nigga. No, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, what, what y'all been up to? How y'all been? Uh, I've been pretty good. Got my nose pierced yesterday. That kind of hurt a little bit, but I'm in Gucci. How, how, how you been? Well, not you, Tommy. How you been? I just been kicking it. Um, I was in New York like this whole last week. Um, yeah, I just been doing regular shit. How was New York? Yeah, cause we thinking oh, yeah, about going got, out there. What you said? Yeah, we thinking about going out there. So how was it? Yeah, I mean it's cool. Like I was in Manhattan. I was in Brooklyn for a little bit, and I was in Queens too. This it's like every part. Whatever. Manhattan. That's like the rich part of New York, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Is everything not even at I don't know like Manhattan, but Brooklyn is a rich part of New York now too because it got gentrified all crazy. What does that mean? Gentrified means mm -hmm. a bunch of rich white people took all the housing from the black people that used to live there, or just like the poor people that used to live there, and then they basically took all the housing, whipped it up, made it super nice, made it super expensive, dropped like a bunch of coffee shops and like bookstores and like like white people stuff there, so that can be nice and comfortable. It's capitalism right there. That's what's yeah, up. Exactly. That's American. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like, so like 20 years ago, like 20, 15 years ago, Brooklyn used to be like the slums. Like, it was like a murder capital, like like the Biggie era. Yeah, Brooklyn. that's how it hurts. Yeah, yeah like the Jay-Z era Brooklyn. It's not there anymore. Now Brooklyn is like super quaint. So do people still yell out like, I'm from Brooklyn? Or is that just like, is you are you basically- it's Brooklyn. Yeah, it's I mean, Brooklyn. they do. Yeah, they, they do, but like, it's a little weaker now. It's just, it's not even, I don't know. It's still, it's still Brooklyn. Like it still has like its flavor to it. It still has its like personality to it, but it's just not the same Brooklyn that I'm pretty sure it used to be. I wasn't there back in the day, but. Now, now you're from Philly. We two West Coast niggas. Right? Correct. So how, can you tell us what is it like growing up in a city like Philadelphia? Um, I mean, like, luckily I was kind of sheltered a little bit. So I wasn't like out there, out there. And I definitely wasn't living in like the worst parts of Philly. Like um, 
I don't know, like the same way that like um, New York's gonna have boroughs, like Philly has is different areas and some are worse than others. So like my area was not super, super bad in West Philly, but the worst, worst, worst parts of Philly, like the Meek Mill, like little Uzi parts of Philly, like North Philly is really, really, really where it's bad. But um, what yeah, is I mean, the culture in Philly like? What's the culture in Philly? Um, I don't know. Like we care a lot about like sports and stuff. Um, like we begin like super mad about like the sports teams. I mean, you see me watching the Eagles, like. And them niggas suck. So I know y'all be mad about them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we always been like corny at like every sport. So, um, and then we got like a little like um, inferiority complex to like New York niggas, kind of like secretly. My, uh... Not quite as live as New York. Do you know a dude named Donnell Pumphrey? He yeah, yeah, he's on. Yeah, he was on. He was on the Eagles. He used to be on the Eagles. That's like my sister's best friend. Oh, and, that's uh, crazy. So they like, you know, we kind of grew up with him. But he went to Canyon actually, Tommy. Oh, for real? He was, yeah, he was like a star running back at Canyon. He was a star running back at SDSU too. But yeah, I yeah, remember. I um, I remember we went to. I, I'm pretty sure I went with you. We went to like watch his senior game. When they played uh, UNLV or something like that, I remember going to like one of his games with you. I yeah, some something like that. But I, I seen this Family Guy episode, and uh, dang, where's Family Guy at? Quahog, right? It's like uh, Rhode Island. Yeah. And I think they were. I I, I don't know if they're talking mess about New Yorkers or about Philadelphia, but it seems like it seems like it's kind of intense, like the rivalry type stuff, like. It seems like y'all kind of really don't like each other. Is that true? Or like, it's like yeah, you guys I mean, competing with each other? We don't like, yeah, because like, bro, like New York people would just be like so Hollywood. Like, they swear to God, like, they swear, like, if you're born in New York, you low key feel like you better than everybody that wasn't born in New York just because you was born in New York. And like, I feel the same way because I'm from Philly. Yeah. Like, low key. <laughs> 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 but it's still like, it's a little like, I don't know. It's like a little competition that goes on. But do you do? Does can Philly compete with New York? Not not like not not you know not to be offensive. But I mean, like, New York like, is like the, the only the only real way we compete is like murders, bro. <laughs> 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 That's the only thing that we like really better than New York at at this moment. Well, football, yeah, like, like y'all better yeah, than football, the Jets. Yeah, like yeah, because like the Eagles, like the Eagles <laughs> so, and um. Like the Giants, but no, we're actually not better than them at football because they got more Super Bowls than us. Recently, we've been better than them, but not yeah. at, at least y'all better than the Knicks right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are better than the Knicks. Who the 76ers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we pretty much always been better than the Knicks. Is it storming out there right now? Like blizzard weather? Or? Uh it was this morning, but it's it's not warm now. It's cool. It's the snowed cas- down here today. Bro, the casualness and in, in saying that like because we were talking about snow when I was with my parents and like my mom was like, yeah, I like the winter more. But I'm like, you never really had a real winter to where like you got to stay inside because it's snowing outside. It's ice. On the, which honestly, like Reno's not. I mean, Reno, it snows a lot, but like I'm sure it's not as bad as the East Coast. But even when I experienced in Reno, I was like, I'd much rather just live in the summer because I, at least I can go outside and get what I need to get, you know, without freezing to death. Bro, like you remember, I was telling you uh, on a a couple like like twenty pods ago, like my first snow experience out here 
and I lost my fucking phone in the snow because I didn't know the snow was built like that. I'm like, damn, that shit just stays there for months, nigga. That shit is crazy. Like, that shit still yeah, blows yeah, yeah. my mind. Like, yeah, it just snow for one day. You got to deal with it for exactly. literally three months. Yeah, bro, it'd be making you. That's why, like, like West, like East Coast people be thinking that West Coast people is soft because, like, just like just being in snow like imagine bro like i remember in like fourth like fourth fifth grade like i would be like four feet tall and it's like two feet of snow you mean so it's like (laughs) it's like up to like it's like i gotta every single step is like a whole struggle you know what i mean did you have to walk with the tennis rackets or is that a myth what like you know people will rock i mean they'll wear tennis rackets to walk in the snow with is that real or is that just Um, that's not yeah, no. <laughs> you really gotta sink your legs in the snow and just like deal just with it. Yeah, you gotta wear like you gotta wear boots. You gotta be, yeah. You just gotta That's why niggas wear Tim's in New York. Yeah, you uh, gotta wear. Yeah, you gotta wear like some Tim's, like some hardcore type boots, and you just gotta be mentally prepared. Like, bro, I remember prepared. we had one snow day while we was in high school, and <laughs> the day it snowed wasn't even the snow day. Like niggas was mad. Like. It snowed and like it was still enough where you could drive and shit. And so they made us go to school and shit. And then everybody was pissed off at CCSD. There was hella people sending in letters and shit. So they gave us the next day off, but the snow had melted by the next day already. So like it was like pretty stupid. But yeah, then so like, like it's, yeah, like we would see like headlines. I mean, we would laugh at like headlines because it would be like um in like Atlanta or something. They would have like two inches of snow and cancel school. Like in Philly, like school's probably not gonna get canceled for less than like five or six inches of snow. Golly, bro. But you gotta think about it too. Like Vegas isn't built for like Vegas isn't even built for rain, much less snow. And that's what I noticed in LA. Like it really depends on how uh like how the city's built. Because when it was raining in LA, it was only probably like two inches of rain, but the streets were flooded. So mm-hmm. I think like I think in certain places, they just got to cancel it because the streets, people don't even know how to drive in the snow out in Vegas. Yeah, facts. There's no yeah, snow yeah. chains, or I mean, tire chains, whatever they are, so. Yeah, yeah, like, the weather is part of, like, the culture of the city. Like, mm-hmm. the yeah, definitely. Like, pretty strictly. Like, Chicago, they, like, everything's pretty much brick under, like, the second story, everything is brick the first story because of the snow, and they don't want to damage the buildings or something, but out here, Ain't nothing brick. That's like weird almost. Like if I see brick buildings, I kind of get a little nervous. But that's East Coast stuff, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, Niobe, I know that you're really into music. Do you want to like talk a little more about that? You're trying to get into producing and stuff. Like, what yeah, what's mean, your journey with music? Like, how did you come to to be so into music? What type of music do you like? Um, so like I guess it started when I was like three, four years old. I was obsessed with like James Brown and Michael Jackson. Um, so I used to like, I used to like, we had like these DVDs in the crib um, or like their concerts and stuff. Like I would watch like the concerts and like the music videos and stuff and like, like remember like the steps. And like, I would have like my cousins, I would run like a little like band with like my cousins and then, like, if they fucked up, I would, like, kick them out the band and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, like, so, like, I was just really into it. I don't know why. I was just really into it since I was, like, a little kid. 
and then I took a break. I honestly wasn't like listening to that much music like all throughout like elementary and middle school, just like my own stuff, just cause like my mom wasn't really letting me listen to a lot of rap and like, um, yeah. So then I got to high school and that was when I like started to develop like my own adult like type of music taste. And then, yeah, that's kind of where I am now. So who's your favorite artist? Like, well, in high school, who's your favorite artist? And now who's your favorite artist? And mm. So when I first started listening to like my own music, J. Cole was like by far my favorite. Like in my freshman year of high school, I was pretty much only listening to like Cole. I would listen to Kendrick. I would listen to Wayne. Um, and I would listen to like 50 Cent. I don't know why. That was just a combination. That was just like what I used to want to listen to. Like, um, I feel like to an extent, J. Cole was like a lot of people in our generation's like introduction into like real hip hop and rap. Yeah, like actually, so yeah, like eighth grade, eighth grade, like seventh, eighth grade was like when I really first started listening. Cause that was a year that like To Pimp a Butterfly came out and um, Forest Hills came out. Like, I think like it was like end of like 2014. So I was listening to those two albums and that was like the first albums that really made me like engage, engage with rap music. Um, and I like, I remember like the day that like the Black Friday came out. And it just be Black right. Friday, bro. That that's was like, this. Go ahead. This, this, it's this fucking J. Cole and Kendrick song. And they was like hinting that they about to drop a collab album. It's been 11, nigga. They not dropping that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like 2015 because both their albums came out. And it was like both at the top of the game. So then Cole rapped over like a Kendrick beat and then. Kendrick rapped over a cold beat. That's what made me mad. It's like they wasn't even rapping together. These niggas just yeah, wrote, like they just rapped put each over. Yeah, that shit was. And annoying. it was pretty clear. Like Kendrick went harder. Like Kendrick, that I think low key. I think, think that's why. Harder. Yeah, I, I kind of now I like Kendrick way more. But yeah, back I, then I fucked with Cole way more. I, I used to try Cole to argue. Yeah, close. like I used to try to like convince myself in my mind that like J Cole was better, but. Honestly, like, I always kind of knew, like, Kendrick was a little bit Yeah. Old. I think Cole is smoother, you know? Like, he's more, I don't want to say vibey, but. He can be more, like, versatile, because, like. Yeah. I feel like he can, yeah, I don't know. It's different. They just got, like, a different approach. I feel like different Cole delivery. is, like, lyrical, but he also, like, cares more about flow than, like, Kendrick, and Kendrick is not really, like, super big on flow. He's super big on, like, his lyrics and just, like, packing in. And like the different like voice ranges he can do. Yeah, like, that's yeah, like, like one of his. I feel like, like that's what puts him on yeah. the top for real. Like he can you know, go also from just like, like a raspy nigga to like. Right. like and then it's also like, like crazy. Kendrick, like Kendrick would have like, like Cole would have like storytelling tracks, but then Kendrick would have like storytelling albums. Like, and his stuff was always more like strictly like tighter, like thematic. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's to pimple butterflies gonna go down as one of the greatest albums to ever like ever come Bro, out. I always thought I always thought damn was better than to pimple butterfly. Honestly I always thought damn and um Mad City were both better than to pimple butterfly. I don't know why like when I listened to Pimper Butterfly like King Kunta was like the first song that I don't I even like that song. I thought that song was cool. that's one of my favorite songs on that album. I, think- I mean I think like Damn definitely has better songs. Like, I think Duckworth is one of Kendrick's best songs. I yeah. think that 
Good Kid, Mad City arguably has better songs, but I think as a cohesive project, like like nothing, no album, no other project somebody put out, I can't like think of that is like on par with To Pimp a Butterfly. Just like with the storytelling, like he really told a whole story throughout every song and then explained the story in the last song with Mortal Man. Like that yeah, shit was yeah, so yeah. hard. I mean, yeah, it's not like, I'm, I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to knock to Pimp a Butterfly, but just in terms of what I'm going to listen to. And then also yeah, like, like to Pimp a Butterfly was important, but when Dan came out, like that was like the first album where like I was right there, like from the rollout. Like I remember he dropped like the heart part for um, <clears throat> like a couple weeks before I was following like all the Instagram pages. I was saying like, is Kendrick going to drop something? Is Kendrick going to drop something? And then he dropped that night. I was right there listening to it. I listened to it like I had to go back home for a uh, spring break, like the day after it dropped. So I listened to it like five times on my way back home for spring break. I listened to it probably like once a week all the way through for like the first year and a half after it came out. Like that was like the first album where it was like my album. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about Blonde. I was about to say that was me with Frank Ocean. Uh, yeah. Not when it came out, but like when I started skating. Yeah, I love that. I had to be mature. I had to like mature into Frank Ocean because like yeah, definitely. This man is first thing I really knew about him was that he was gay. Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like I had to like I had to mature a little bit into like actually taking Frank Ocean seriously. But now nah, he's cold. Bro, I was yeah. vlogging today and I was listening to um Frank Ocean just like just a mix of his songs and thinking about you came on and like, I was really listening to the lyrics and I was like, this nigga was really talking about a dude the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he said, he no, said, that's what uh, it was like. That's what it was like with um that Tyler album. When that Tyler album came out, I didn't even peep. Oh, Flower Boy? Yeah. No, 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 not Flower Boy. The Igor? One I, Igor. Yeah. When Igor yeah. came out, I knew it I came just, out on Flower Boy though. Bro, Igor though. Hold on. But I know we was talking about Kendrick though. Igor, he's telling a story the whole album, too. Yeah. And it's so fire because it's like he said when he wrote it, he wrote it like he wrote most of it over a span of two weeks. And he said he would wake up and he would literally just write how he felt that morning. And if you see like it, it shows the well, minus earthquake a little bit, but you'll see like the ups and downs of like when you like somebody and like when you're falling in love and then you fall out and then you still want to be friends. I was like, bro, this is like, I think that's his best album, 1,000. Yeah, I think it's his best album, too, but, like, because I remember when that came out, too. I remember when that came out, too. Wait, what what, what you think his best album is? Wolf. I fuck with Wolf Wolf is not, nah, you're not. I mess with Wolf. I mess with Wolf. Wolf is cool. I think Cherry Bomb is better than Wolf, though. Yeah, Cherry Bomb. All right, I'll hear Cherry Bomb. Cherry Bomb is not better. Igor is, like, the matured version of Cherry Bomb. Facts. Yeah, yeah, Igor is definitely better than Cherry Bomb. Smucker's his best song. Smucker's is crazy. Yeah, hey, I, Smuck, when I heard, because I used to fuck with, and yeah, Andre, you know this, I used to fuck with Tyler back when I was, like, a, in sophomore year. Like, I fucked with Tyler heavy, and that's when I really got into Kanye, because I heard his verse on Smuckers, and he was, yeah. like, richer than white people with black kids, scarier than black. I was, like, but I didn't even, yeah, I forgot to mention Kanye, because I was heavy oh. into Kanye, like, yeah, yeah, that was, like, it was, like, 50 Cent. It was Kanye, it was Cole, it was Kendrick, and it was um what's the other dude I said? Uh, uh Jake uh Ken- nah that's it. You said Kendrick J. Cole 50 Cent. Yeah. 
Wayne, 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 Wayne. I said oh, Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was heavy into Kanye too. Like when I first started listening, I don't know. I got like memories of like the first time when I listened to like important albums and like I definitely remember the first time I heard uh college dropout. I, I was struggling snow. I was struggling snow and I was listening to college dropout. So what's okay, my beautiful dark twist of fantasy. I know that's like regarded as by a lot of people the greatest album of two of the two thousand tens by I, I don't know. I've heard some from some blog from yeah, blogs, magazines. Well, I think that's the best album I've the best rap album I've heard. We well, was just I, yeah, I, I was just talking about this with somebody else. I always felt like late registration was better. I'm just being honest. I mean like, uh, my beautiful it was like because once you like realize the the like where he was in his life when he put my beautiful twisted dark fantasy out. Like that shit is like he was like really saying to the industry like y'all can kiss my balls like you know I bro he put a black dude doing a white girl on the cover what yeah. when I like like I, I of course I've seen it but when I like understood that I was like wow bro like he just offended all of like he just changed basically the whole world upside down like for real you know you ain't no black person just had that power to be able to do that to. To show, like, white dudes back in the day used to be like, don't talk to that black boy or else. Like, you've seen The Killer Mockingbird. Like, yeah, white girls and white and black dudes, like, there's always been that fetish that white girls have had for black dudes, but their parents have always hated it. So for him to do that and then still have, like, you know, be con- that album be considered one of the greatest of all time. And then he came out with Watch the Throne right after that. And then, bro, new- bro, and then I was Jesus- talking about that era of kind. Bro, like I feel like um, honestly, almost the coldest era of Kanye is after Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like, yeah, definitely. Because right before Dark, I feel like 2000, like 09 to like 2012 is like the craziest Kanye. Cause like he had like run this town. He was killing, bro. He was killing every Hell single, yeah. every, I was just thinking about every single Jay Z and Kanye song, Kanye comes harder. That's like the rule, bro. Every single yeah. time it comes harder. Like yeah, when he dropped now. niggas in Paris, bro, like that's gonna be one of the greatest songs in the next like two, two millenniums. That's like. what I be saying. Cause like when they be comparing him and Drake, like they talking about the verses, but I'm like, Drake has nothing that can compete with all of the lights. He has nothing that can compete with ends and power. He has nothing. Wow. Well, he has something that can compete with that can compete with power, but potentially, but not really though. What though? I'm talking so about just like he can't compete with so appalled. I don't think he well. No, I'm talking about sales, like sales wise. He can't oh, even steal all of the lights at all. Like they play all the lights at every sporting event before the game, after the game, in the middle of the game. And they play pow- like they was playing power. The- they was playing power at the UNR game. And I was like, bro, what? Like this song came out 12 years ago now. Yeah. 2010. Bro, like the just thinking about, about that song got like, me like the people, yeah, bro. And then like the people that he would have on his albums would oh. also be, always be crazy too. Like. He Boom. got like Elton John on all of the lights. Like he got like Alicia Keys. He got Chris Rock on his album. Like <laughs> he got Nas on his John. Like, oh, that the Chris Rock shit was hilarious, nigga. On Blame Game, <laughs> put that on a with song. the bezel. <laughs> I saw yeah. that Twister had that shit on in the sauce. <laughs> I think he, I think people need to put some more respect on his name musically, and, I mean and fashion too, but. Bro, he literally has the fashion industry in a chokehold. Like, if you see what, bro, it's crazy. Like, in these next couple years, 
it's all gonna be Kanye style. Like even now, if you look that's at like it, the bro, that's how it's been like the past like the past like 10, like 10, 15 years. Like yeah, if you look at if you look closely at okay, what's trending, like when it really started was when Kanye rocked it. Like because you think about like when we were younger, you think about the big brands, at least over here, it was like Ed Hardy. Louis Vuitton, Gucci, all that, but the the style of it was different because it was a lot of all over print. Like a lot of people, they wanted you to see that there's Gucci and Louis Vuitton. But then Kanye was the first person with the Yeezys, with the uh, Adidas Yeezy, I feel like, to not even put an Adidas sticker on there. And now you look at everything, everything is so plain now. And Yeezy and like all the Yeezy clothes. All the Yeezy clothes were just all no, no branding at all. Like the only branding would be like on the tag. Like you remember when he first came out with the Yeezy shit, niggas was like, "Oh, he he want people to wear clothing that looks homeless." Now everybody is wearing Yeezy type fucking clothes. Not to mention, not to mention like the vintage, like wash clothing, like vintage clothing, old like nineties, seventies yeah. clothing is so big now. Like nobody was about to go and like buy some five dollar like thrift store jeans and just rock them and. Bro. Wasn't nobody thrifting back in like 2011? Like that was homeless back then. But now, like thrifting is a new thing. And I, I personally, I wish I was good at thrifting. I need somebody to teach me how to thrift good. But I don't never find nothing. But yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah, I was thrifting. In, yo, it's dope. It's dope, dope, dope spots to thrift in uh New York. I went to like three different yeah spots of course. in New York to thrift, and it was crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah Neo, but so. Uh, you had brung up, wait, I'll just come back to this, but I know you want to like start making beats. Like who's your, like what really got you into wanting to start making music rather than you just like hearing it. You like the, some certain types of artists, like what made you want to start making beats and like, how's that process going? Yeah. So like, um, I mean, when I was in high school that I had like my earlier high school stuff, I was really just listening to a lot of the same stuff. But then I started listening to a bunch of different stuff like later in high school. And I started listening to older stuff too. So when I, the first thing that really started making me like analyze music and like think about how it's made was definitely like Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. Cause um, that was like the first time where I would like hear a sound from a song and I was like, bro, what is that sound? What is that? How did he make that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like the way, cause he would take, RZA was like the producer for all those albums. So I would say my producers that made me want to produce would be RZA. It would be um, Kanye and Dr. Dre. Um, mm. Cause when I heard 36 Chambers the first time I was hearing like the piano samples and stuff. And like, he would take like a jazz piano sample and make it sound like angry and like mean. And I just didn't understand like how he did that. Yeah. And then, I, go ahead. I was going to say, like, you know, I, I've really been venturing into, like, exploring more music. So I went all the way back to, like, classical music. And one of the things I noticed with class, it's like, first of all, a lot of these songs were made in, like, the 1700s, even 1600s, 1800s, and they're still so popular. And I noticed, like, when you, like, it's, like, a rapper can create an emotion with his lyrics, but it's, it's, a lot more impactful when you can make a feeling or you can make somebody feel some type of way off of just an instrumental because it's more, it's a lot more abstract. So like, if you listen to a Beethoven piano, you may feel sad, but it's gonna be a, it may be a different type of sadness than what I feel or whatever. So I think 
the instrument or like beat making and all that stuff, it, it really, it really like takes you out of that box that you have to be in when you're a rapper. Because some th- some songs have themes. Like you can't just have a hard beat and then be you know rapping about some soft stuff. Like a lot Bless of times, Drake. Yeah, but a lot of times <laughs> if you got a hard beat, you got to come hard on there. Exactly. But if you make the beat, you can make it however you want. So I feel like it really. It takes that crazy, limit off of you as an artist. And then the other crazy thing would be like, when I listen to 36 Chambers, like he would take a sample of like literally a piano. Like if you listen to the song, like the piano is not covering the same emotion in the song as this like three part, three second part of the song that he took to sample and make his beat out of. Like he would just change like the whole meaning of a song just by taking a sample throwing like different types of drums on it and stuff and just change like the whole emotion behind it. Like it was no words at all. That was like the first time that it made me think about like emotion behind music or like music that actually I felt like was like acting on me. Cause like when I would listen to 36 Chambers, I would just be feeling like mean and like rugged as hell. Like I was like, make me like want to kill a nigga, like literally. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I remember growing up, my dad, he really liked Jay-Z and Rick Ross and like, the real old school, like East Coast type of rap. And I remember, uh, I, I forgot when or where it was, but I remember I was young and like the first, like, and you know, like all those, there'd be like drums and like, you know, like hard shit. And I remember the first ever like piano I heard was on Runaway. And I was like, and it was- And that's like, like a piano. Yeah, but Runaway was, Runaway was like a song I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you you definitely get those songs where like you're obsessed with it and like you can't stop listening to it. Runaway was like one of the first songs where like I just wanted to listen to. I just wanted to like sit and just like yeah. listen to the song like over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. And it's like, it's really, what's really impressive to me about like Kanye, about a lot of these beat makers is that they're not necessarily musicians. So they really have to thrive off that creativity factor. Cause it's like, you have people like, like I said, Beethoven or like, they actually know how to play the piano. Like they're, you know what I'm saying? They can create sounds, but when it's like a musician like Kanye West, it's like, he has this almost, I don't want to say limited ability when it comes to the piano, but he has like only a fair amount of what he can do. And he can still stretch that and make it into a beat like Runaway. Cause like, if you listen to the Runaway piano, it's literally like four notes. notes. Yeah, it's not a lot of notes at all. And he made one of the greatest beats of all time with just that. So it's like, it's impressive that they're not, well, Kanye is not a musician, but he is one of the best musical artists of all time. And like, honestly, when I'm trying to like make beats, you realize that like, cause you got to listen to, if I'm trying to make like sample beats like Kanye, like you got to listen to old music, but you got to listen to it with like a vision in mind. Like Mm -hmm. you can't just like listen to it. It's not just going to come to you like, it's not that easy where like you can just take a loop, throw it in, and like that's cool. Like you gotta be listening. And when you hear something that's cold, you have to have like a vision for how you can take that and make it into a song. Like and right. sometimes it takes like the craziest vision, bro. Like Kanye will sample like like Indian movies or like he'll sample like a Christmas carol or something and just like make it crazy. Like, like we was listening to um we we got this boy that's like he's from another country, Peru. Alberto, shout out Alberto. But uh, he he would always just like take over the ox. That's like his thing yeah. to do. 
and uh, he would play these songs and we would hear Kanye samples and like Kanye sampling it on my beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy. And like we talking about the piano. I just remember like I want to sample a part of power. And even though power is like such a hard beat, he has a piano like over like the main bridge part of the song. That's like and it's like, damn, it's crazy how he can like take an instrument like a piano and like incorporate it and rap the way he does. Like that's you know just... it's even you know it's even crazier to me too is like what he does with vocals too. Cause he'll oh. make a beat out of vocals like oh like 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 uh like power but like power is like yeah like power is all vocals or like um can't tell me nothing like that little yeah. oh, oh like that yeah. shit vocals like he just took like a random it's not even words like he just took like a random somebody harmonizing and like with no context stripped it like all the context and it just Bro. made it something completely different and it's crazy if if y'all didn't know are we doing song of the weeks again for mdh and like the one for this week was can't tell me nothing you know and i just can't wait because once we hit a mill like hey for our um for our like when we go to la and fucking new york and shit not like this this summer then like when we actually go like when we actually them niggas uh that's like gonna be the song that i put like in the montage that can't tell because like yeah bro and that's bro like that's the crazy like that's another song that like gets like emotion behind it bro because like that song just like empowers you bro like you actually feel like nobody can't tell you nothing and like it makes you like want to work to the point in your life where like nobody can tell you nothing thanks and that's that's what i just listen to out of nowhere that's why i enjoy kanye so much because like it, it, it's music and like he said in his in his interview it's like if you're a fan of me you're a fan of yourself like when you wake up in the morning you like I listened to power this morning right when I woke up and when you listen to songs like if I were to listen to a Drake song I wouldn't feel like I'm on top of the world I'll be like yeah I might feel it I might dance a little bit but like he's not pushing me you know through he's not pushing me sonically to go do anything that's tight but Kanye, it's like, bro, I can listen to even like honestly, Baby Keem, he's like a newer artist. Like, some people can portray confidence in their songs, and you will be able to feel it, bro. Baby Keem, um, awesome. yeah, the oh and he's from God. Las Vegas, you know. Shout out to him, but uh, he went to the same one of the same, huh? Yeah, I know, I know. This this is a quick thing, but he went to one of the same. Uh, what's it called? I went to like six different middle schools, but. He went to one of the same middle schools I went to, but it wasn't while I was there. But I was going to say um, Melodic Blues, they didn't come out to like the second half of this year. And um, it wasn't Family Ties. What was the other one that I was fucking always with? Range Brother? Range, bro, I listened. That was my most listened to song of 2021. Uh, yes, yeah, bro. Yeah, at the same time, Pure Souls. When Pure Souls came out from Donda, that was my most listened to song of the whole year. I was just running it back like time after time after time. And maybe like Kim was on Praise God wow. too. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, hey, hey, man, Paula. <laughs> and I heard he produces music too. His production. Yeah, he, is so yeah nice. I heard he produced like most of his album. God, his production is nice. I'm a hot girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that song, that, bro. That, that, that song with uh, Brent Fires is crazy. All right. We back from the first commercial break, y'all. You know. But, um, yeah, yeah, we had a great conversation about music, but 
you know, I want to talk a little more about, you know, high school. So you went to high school in Massachusetts, right? Bo- or yeah. Boston? Yeah, it was. I'm gonna just say Boston because I don't pronounce. Yeah, that. I mean, it was like it wasn't even really Boston. It was just like this rich suburb right out of Boston. But how how was that? How was going to school uh, away from where you live? Um, in high I mean, school. Though? I think I don't know. I was always kind of independent when I was a little kid, so. I don't think it was like a super big adjustment, um, but it was definitely just like a completely new world that I was in. Like, I'd never even been around people that was like anywhere near this rich or like, even like I was living with people because the way the program worked was that basically I applied to when I was in middle school. Um, so you had to sign like your grades. I had to like write an essay and stuff. I had to do like an interview. <clears throat> um, and then they let you into this program and it's kids from like all around the um, United States. Um, and they basically just get you into like private schools. They get you into like good public schools. So I was in this program where they sent you to, um, they sent us to this really good public school in like Massachusetts in this rich neighborhood. Um, and then they bought a house for us. <clears throat> and it would basically be like six to eight of us living in this house. Um, and then we would just go to school. Um, wow. So yeah. So. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I don't know, you just definitely had to get used to being around new people. Um, and then it was like hard to kind of manage that sort of like personal kind of adjustment or just personal like new lifestyle. And then also like stay like and do well in school too. Cause like they they were like on top of us for like our grades and like sports and stuff. And like, yeah, like it, it was like a little like military type kind of thing, honestly. At, at like, time. Cause I know, um, me and me and Andre, we went to schools in the inner city of Las yeah. Vegas. So they was like majority. They were very urban, uh, type schools. It was majority immigrants and black kids. Bro, it was tra- I mean, immigrants, bro. What all right, it was majority Hispanics and black kids. But they, it was a lot of immigrants because Nevada yeah. is not too far from the border. You feel me? Um, and like. That it was underfunded, it was pretty trash. And I know the school you're talking about, it was in Boston, a wealthier area. How was the culture shock being 14, 15 years old going to because I know the culture shock for me going to Lehigh was like, and I'm I was 19 when I went there. It was crazy. Like, how how was dealing with that as a 14, 15 year old? I mean, it was definitely interesting because like you would see you see obviously just like affluent, like white families, affluent, like white kids on TV all the time growing up, right? So when I would pull up to like the high school for the first time and like even just how nice the high school looked, like I was, I walked into it, bro. Like they had like this big balcony, like these big staircases and just got renovated. And it was like, I actually felt like I was in high school musical. And then when I met- and then when I met, it wasn't really honestly. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it was it was kind of dope. But and then when I met, and then when I met like the kids there, like just like you would have like the fakeness to them, like the entitlement to them, and it was like, damn, I'm really in High School Musical right now. Like the people was High School Musical, the environment was High School Musical. So it was kind of it would be kind of surreal where like I would have a conversation with somebody and it would just be like, damn, bro, that conversation was literally just like a scene from like a Disney channel or like a, cool. a, a Netflix, like Outer Banks or something like that. You know what I mean? So was the transition to college easy for you then? 
Because I feel like yeah, the, it definitely was. I feel like the yeah. independence part of just like going to college is the hardest part for people. Like, yeah, I mean, I a lot of girls. It was easy to be on my own in uh, college, coming from high school, and then also just like knowing how to like take care and like manage yourself. I definitely felt more prepared to just like manage myself as a college student from kind right. of having to manage myself in, in high school. And like, it wasn't like I didn't have any supervision. Like they had like a family that lived with us in the house and like they had like a tutor that like lived in the house with us. Like it was this big million dollar house. Bro, that's wow. crazy, bro. That sounds like you're studying abroad almost. That was kind of what it was like, yeah. Holy crap, for all four years? And like, yeah, did you go home during years. the summer? Or like yeah, I would go home during uh, summer. I would go home for like regular breaks and stuff, but I was there like, pretty much all September to June. Did they have a sports team? Yeah, they had a sports team. They, they made us play a sport. Yeah. That was a that was like in the program. You were like you had we to need these have, niggas to play a sport. sport. <laughs> so which one did you play? I was I wrestled in high school. <laughs> That's tight, yeah. man. I wish I would have wrestled in high school. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, our our like high school wrestling team was like pretty good. Um, That's what's up. And they had like tradition of like kids that were in the program, I don't know why, like, they always kind of ended up being on the wrestling team, so. Yeah, um, yeah, like, how different do you think your life would be if you had went to high school in, in Philadelphia? Because I know we talked about this a little back at school, but you were telling me, like, how about a lot of the kids at the high school you went to, they ended up going to, like, Ivies or Ivy-level schools, like, top yeah. colleges, and like a lot of the kids at the schools in inner city Philadelphia, like any inner city um, really in America, right. they either wasn't going to school or going to like just some of the state schools. And like, so how, so how, how different do you think that opportunity like changed the trajectory of your life? Yeah. Like, honestly, that was a big thing. I anticipated it kind of being like a big opportunity because I remember like I was touring the different like high schools in, in Philly because they have in Philly like you can go to your neighborhood school but you can also go to like schools that are considered like better within the city um so I would like tour those schools and I would see they would have like a big um like a big picture of everybody that was in the last graduating class and like where he went to school, bro. And I was just seeing like 80, 90% of them were going to like CCP. Like maybe a couple would go to like, CCP is a community college in Philly. So they would be mostly going to like CCP or not going to school, not going to school at all. Or like one, a couple of them would be going to like the better like public schools like Temple and stuff like that. So I was just realizing like, wow, like this is kind of like the best that Philly kind of has me to offer. You know what I mean? And then going to, and this is like the best of like Philly public schools. Like the best of what Philly public schools had to offer me was like, maybe I'll get in the temple. You know what I mean? So when I went to this, um, when I went to Massachusetts and I saw like the type of um, schools that they were going to, or like even they had like alumni that you could talk to. And like one of the alumni from this program that I was in, like founded title with Jay-Z. Wow. Like, you know, like Jay-Z personally, like founded title with Jay-Z, like a bunch of them are like doctors and stuff, like just doing like all types of crazy, crazy stuff. So yeah, it definitely felt like, I mean, I think personally, I kind of want to believe that like I would have still been straight if I didn't. I don't think maybe it like drastically changed my life situation in terms of like where I'm going to end up. But I mean, you never know. You never know. 
Because honestly, being in Philly, like I could have got shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, like, so- just just like for for at least for me in Vegas, like I went to three different high schools. I went to like, I think in total I went to thirteen different schools from K K to twelfth grade. And um, yeah, I went to three different high schools and. I know that if I would have stayed at Valley, and that's the the high school me and Andre met at, if I would have stayed at, at Valley, I wouldn't have became the person I am today. And it wasn't even like the schools that I left and went to was better. They was actually much worse. Like, if you just look at, like, the scale of – um, I looked it up when – I had a class this semester. It was called Residential Segregation and Redlining. And you could, like, look at your school's rankings – and Valley was a two on a scale of 10. Canyon Springs was a two on a scale of 10. And Mojave, which is a school I graduated from, it was a one. So, yeah, it wasn't even that, you feel me, those schools just, like, was so much better when I left. It's just, like, my mindset from leaving one school, leaving all my friends behind, and going to another one, being in a new environment, it kind of, and especially, like, at Canyon, because, like, like I say this all the time. I've literally my friend died on that campus. There was shootings all the time. People like it was a bunch of bad stuff going on on that campus. And I think that's what really pushed me because I was a straight hooper at first. Like if it wasn't basketball, I really didn't give a fuck. Like you feel me? So it wasn't until I went through all that at Canyon Springs where I was like, damn, I really got to figure out a different way to get out of here because I was just looking around all these people who I play basketball with all these people I grew up with as when they was graduating, but they wasn't, they maybe went to a Juco or, or a community college played the season and then came right back. And I was like, I don't want like to do that. So I think me moving, even though it was to a worse environment, it that's like, honestly, what helped me and changed me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely changed me more as like a person in a positive way than it maybe like drastically changed like where I would end up. Like, but like, I don't know, every single time, it's not even the first time that you told me about your schools being like a two out of 10 and a one out of 10. Every time you say it, I still just go like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) And bro, I thought Valley was like a good school. And like, when I saw it was a two out of 10, I was like, yeah. And the crazy thing is, like, when looking back, when you look at all the niggas who went out of, I think, collectively, out of the three schools I went to, there was maybe, like, four or five people from Mojave that went to college out of my graduating class. There was maybe, like, again, another four or five from Canyon. And then what? Because of the IB program, there was maybe, like, 20. Well, take the IB program out. Bro. Take the IB program out. Maybe like another four to five from Valley. And it's like, it's crazy. The only people that are going to college are the ones that are either in these magnet programs or in AP classes. But if you just look at the general population, because generally like most kids aren't taking AP classes. The only reason I took them is because my parents made me take them motherfuckers. Is like, it's really sad to see like this cycle is just repeats so easily. And all these people are stuck in a city where it doesn't have too much opportunity and there's just a bunch of violence. And like, I'm not saying that would have happened to me, but I can see like it's 
especially leaving and going to like Lehigh, it's so easy to see how easy it is to fall into that trap. Yeah, bro. Because like whatever environment you're in is gonna, especially at the age that you're at in high school, is like it's gonna mold you one way or another. Like for real. It's up to you. Like it's it's kind of like a, it's always a little element of like a toss up of what is gonna mold you into. But at the end of the day, like it's gonna mold you or change you or shape you in some way. So yeah. I think just like personally, it kind of changed me. I feel like I'm probably like a little bit more like mature than I would have been just because it just like kind of threw me in an environment where like I definitely I had to adapt. I had to mature and like I had to be straight. Like I didn't have like my mom there. I didn't have like, you know what I'm saying? Like family there to kind of like push me along. I kind of just had to like figure it out like on the fly. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. like so. I, yeah. I think, you know, because I went to pretty bad schools my whole life. Like, my middle school's graduation rate is 50%, which is Gibson. It's, like, right across the street. Literally. Bro, yeah, school, Gibson was garbage. Yeah, Gibson was garbage. And it's, like, it, it's either the biggest blessing you can have as a kid or it could be your biggest curse. And it's usually people's biggest curse. But the reason why I say it could be your biggest blessing is because if, you, if you're able, and, and I also went to Valley, which, as Tommy said, it was trash. It's like the reason why it could be your biggest blessing, though, is because if you are able to take a step back and see like and be aware of what's around you and see what's happening to the people that are going there, it really puts the it puts life in a whole different perspective because it almost makes you not it makes you feel kind of special, honestly. Like I feel like because of the schools I went to, like I know a lot more like I can balance between, OK, yeah, I'm with all these white people that went to Gorman and all this at Reno. But at the same time, like I can still chill with these people that are at Valley or chill with the people that's on, you know, the West side of town or whatever. So, I, and also it's a it, like it motivates you because yeah. you don't want to, especially if you're able to take that step out, like you don't want to be stagnant like them. Like a lot of those guys, like as me and Tommy said that we thought were cool back in the day, we're able to look at them now and be like, you guys are really lame, like lame right. AF because yeah. Y'all are doing stuff that's that I can actually look at now that I've taken a step back and be like, that's not cool. Like exactly. doing drugs aren't cool at all. And yeah, and it's like like speaking on what you said about it can be a blessing or a curse. Like the the only terrible thing about it is like for the most part, when you're a kid growing up through it, and I'm I'm a victim of this, it's a curse because you're just trying to be the cool kid. You're trying to be like the cool kids and all the cool kids, they gang banging, they smoking weed every day, they fucking bitches in school. Like, <laughs> you you just trying to be like the cool kids. So you start to do things that you think emulates being cool when it's like, it's really the opposite. But like you said, like growing up, taking a step back, but you can really only take a step back once you've grown up and like, a lot of the time, so many people have already fell into that trap and they're like almost too far gone. But like, like this is the biggest reason I think it's it's like either, like you said, either the biggest curse or the biggest blessing is because like, look at how influential, influential somebody like Kanye is or like somebody like Jay-Z, for instance, or just like whoever. Yeah. there's no way a Kanye can come from the suburbs. There's no way a Jay-Z can come from fucking the Hamptons. It just won't happen. And like, we were talking about this on our last pod, 
the next leaders of this generation, like the people who can actually make a change in the quality of life for everybody has to come from one of these terrible neighborhoods, the Kendrick Lamars, the, the J. Coles. Like, you got to come from a trash-ass place because you will understand living through struggle. And once you get out of that, you're not going to forget all the shit you went through going up. I mean, you might, but for the most part, that's always going to stick with you. So you can go to the, like you said, I can go to the skate park and be cool with the people at the skate park and I can go to school and be at the top of my class. And that's right. only because I was born in the type of neighborhood I was in and was raised in the type of neighborhood I was in. You can't be born in a place like the Hamptons and try to understand and level with somebody that is a literal game banger and just killed four people last week. It just yeah. doesn't work like that. And another thing is like, especially because you said like smoking weed in school and you know, doing it in school because it was cool back then, You, which I, I, I didn't do any of that. N neither one of us did any of that, but allegedly. But I think I think what's so cool about that is that as we got older, like, it, we're still pretty young, but, like, we're not infatuated by that. Infatuated? Yeah, infatuated by that. Like, a lot of people who never experienced that or never tried it in high school, they get to college and they finally get to, be, they finally get to talk to girls. They finally get to do drugs, like, for the, they finally get to smoke weed without having to worry about their parents or whatever. And they go buck wild because they think it's cool. Or like even people who see rap videos for the first time and then they watch rap videos and they start getting older and they're like, oh, well, I want to be like that because they look so cool. But it's like, we didn't done all, I mean, you know, I ain't, I ain't never shot nobody or nothing like that, but it's like, we've done that. We've seen those type of people firsthand. Like we've hung out with those people and we, can say that it's not that cool, you know what I'm saying? And it, and we could tell people like, yeah, it may be cool in high school. And this is what we always say to high school, like people if you listen in high school, it's like, it may be cool in high school, but that stuff will not matter at all. And it won't even be cool five years later from now. Like Jordans aren't even that cool five, like right now. And Jordan, Bro, all I wear is Crocs. <laughs> Bro, what? And they not even mine. Crocs, like everywhere he go. That's not. But no, yeah, I think, like, Far honestly, <laughs> yeah, because, like, what you were saying about how, like, a bad environment can shape you or it can be, like, the most positive force in your life. Like, I can honestly say, yeah, I think I gained a lot by, like, going away to school, being in a new environment, like, having to make that, like, basically adaptation, like, also, like, having, like, new experiences. Like, I got to, like, do internships that, like, people wouldn't have had to do. Like, my, in like, my resume is, like, kind of cold. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I got to, like, intern for, like, senators and stuff and, like, go to, like, do different, like, types of crazy um, summer programs and stuff. And, like, all that was cool. Yeah, I got those experiences. But I also think that I kind of missed out. As much as I gained a lot, I think I also lost something, too, just because I would be in <clears> – <throat> I would be in – and remember, like, these are all, like, formative years of your life. Like, I would be in, like, this rich, like – cushy environment right and then <clears throat> i would go back home to philly bro and i was just like, damn like yeah. you just kind of you kind of can forget a little bit like the situation that you really came from bro right. and like you can just like i would go home sometimes i would come back and like my family situation would just be like drastically different over the course of like a couple months like i would just like drop like a like call of duty spawn into like a whole new like home life and that was like its own adaptation but 
I didn't necessarily, I was only there for like a couple of days and I was right back up to uh, Boston, right back up to this million dollar crib. And yeah. I kind of was like a little bit removed from like the reality that I was actually supposed to be living in just because what I was interacting with for like the majority of my time was just something that was so, so, so different. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's facts. And I can attest to that just being in Lehigh, like being in Reno and then coming back to Vegas, bro, I'm telling you, it's like, it's night and day and you really do forget like, like, like I think I said this last part, do you forget how neglected like these people are in this community just because, you know, I, I've, you know, I'm around a lot of white people and I'm not going to say like, honestly, I think poor white people, they have it just as bad as poor black people, in my opinion. So I, you, there's a lot of poor white people in Reno, but there's also a lot of rich white people. Like I, I'm in college, I'm on a college, I'm in a college town. Right. And when I come back home, I'm like, bro, like these people up here in Reno are so fortunate just to have what they have and they complain about so much. But oh, like people in Vegas, yeah. bro, like I like people don't understand, like it's not terrible, it's not super terrible, but like my parents used to have to warn me when I was walking home from school because I had nice shoes on. And they you can't just be walking like that because you might get robbed. Or I remember asking my dad, I wanted a gold chain so bad. And he was like, nah, I'm not getting you a gold chain because you don't even know how to fight yet. So it's like, it's these little things that people don't even think about, like just being able to walk out, like, and hold on, I don't want to make it seem like I'm living in Afghanistan or something. But like, just being able to walk, like after I was walking home from school one day, I was like in sixth grade and some dude just flinched at me. And he was just like this. And I was like, bro, I got scared, bro. I was so scared. But it's just little <laughs> things like that, that just like, it's, it's these little instances of a trauma that build up. And it's like, they really, that's why people in bad neighborhoods have so much anxiety about just the simple, you got to come in before the street lights. Like that's not, that shouldn't be a rule, bro. You just can't be out at night, but it's yeah. a rule because some of these communities are so bad. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, and then also, I feel like there would also be, when I would leave and be gone for months and then come back home, like it could kind of like depress you in a little bit and in, a, in a, like a, a little kind of way. Cause you realize like, damn like this is really like the reality for black world people. like this is like a, this is like going from this is like going from like <clears throat> i don't even know like south america like brazil like poor neighborhoods the difference between like brazil and like america like the difference between like a first world country and a third world country like it can be like Girl. that drastic of a difference you know what i mean exactly. but then also like it would be kind of like it would also kind of make me enjoy or like appreciate where I was from a little bit more too. Cause like, I would honestly miss like, you know, like the crackheads that like I used to see like on the way from, on the way to school every day and like little stuff like that. You know what I mean? Or like coming home, like getting to have like the food that I grew up with, even in just getting to like be in the environment that I grew up with, even though it was very, even though it was negative on the whole, like you kind of gain like a little bit more of an appreciation for it just kind of being away. That's facts. And like another thing I would say, like a part of the culture shock that I got going to high or not high school, going to college is like I remember in Vegas, like if you had a, a true religion jeans on a Gucci belt, you was like considered rich damn near. And like I go to at Lehigh, there's like literally niggas walking around with like Balenciaga. So like it's not shit like you feel me. And it's like if you saw a nigga in Vegas that you would have to like, is that real? Or, or, or like, for instance, the change, like 
These niggas will be iced out and straight diamonds, straight diamonds around their neck in their ears and shit. And like in Vegas, you would be like, I wonder if that's real. It's probably not real. And then I come out here and I'm thinking the same. I'm like, that's probably not real. But then you got to like step back and be like, no, that shit is probably all diamonds right there. Like these niggas got real money. And it's like, it's so crazy because people where we're from, they flex that type of shit. They're like, yeah, I got all this shit. This is how you know I got money. But the niggas with real money, that's they just wear it, and that's just what they wear. They not flexing a goddamn thing to yeah, this nah. whole thing. What you, you like this? I didn't even know I had it on, bro. But like Kanye said, we don't know nobody with a nice house. We ain't got connections, so like it's really like it's that's why I say like you really notice the insecurity in the in like these low income communities because it's you're always trying to front like something you're not. And trust me, I. Well, I can't say I did because my parents were buying me shoes, but like that's the, that's on them. They wanted us to they wanted their kids to look like they had money. Right. So they like dress up in Jordans and stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, like it's way you realize like I was around like people that was actually rich and like I don't know, like they would pull up in like a cool like Jeep Cherokee. Like they would flex that way. Knowing me wrong, like they used to flex. Like they would have the Canada Goose, like they would flex. But you also realize like, okay it wasn't as important to them just that facade of having wealth because they actually had wealth. Exactly. Like it's way more important in the hood to have like the Jordans that have the car that have whatever, the watch, whatever, because you don't actually have wealth. Like you still going back to your mom's crib at the end of the day. Like, like people, like, people be like, I'm in the hood with a Ferrari. It's like, you still in the Why? hood, but you bought a Ferrari. <laughs> Bro, go buy a house, go That's buy some land first. That's so stupid. I never thought, like, bro, you pulling up to your mama crib with a Bentley. Like, okay, bro, you can't even park in the garage. Or, or like, this is, like, why I really don't care about shoes. It's, like, niggas would have, like, 50 different pairs of shoes and, like, don't even got a car. They taking the bus everywhere. I'm, like, nigga, like, where are your priorities at? Because they'll have 50 pairs of shoes. All of them cost $200. So if you just do that, that's, like, 10 bands right there. Off of just shoes, nigga. And it's like, y'all, we're, and it's like, it's really sad because for the most part, niggas are doing that only for likes on Facebook, only for likes on Instagram, only, yeah. like you said, just the front. And it's like, what it is to like impress other broke people. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. You impressing broke people. Like, you're not even doing it because this dude, this, my favorite UFC fighter named Israel Desanya, he was a, uh, I guess he entered in this car club, but it cost like a million dollars or something to enter it. But the way he rationalized it, he was like, yeah, but you got to think about all the connections you're going to get in that car club because all these people had to pay a million dollars to get in. And I was like, that was the, that was one of the best things you can do. But like when you just buying Jordans to impress the dude across the street, y'all literally on the same exact level. Like, it's not like he going to give you some type of contract, some type of deal for having Jordans or some type of exclusive club. Like, y'all are both broke and you trying to impress somebody that's broke. Yeah. Like, and that's backwards. And that was like one of the other like real major things I realized at college. It's like these these rich motherfuckers do not care about how their shoes look. They don't go for a fuck, bro. They got the most beatest shoes. They don't give a fuck. They'll have they some beat out, ass. They come fucking, out their dorm looking crazy, bro. Bro, yeah. And like, and that's like, you know, that's why we 
me and this nigga right here, we have a problem with a certain demographic of niggas at our school. Cause it's like they always gotta feel the need to be fly as fuck. I'm talking to you, nigga. Yeah, you oh, know yeah, who yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah like they always feel the need to be fly as hell. And it's like every single day. This is like if you look at these niggas with real money, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, and that's bro, like you're not like you're not fooling them. Like they still gonna think that you broke just because you're black. Like the fact that you got the North Face and the fact that you like the fact that you're wearing a Nike Tech fleece, like they don't think that you're rich, bro. They think you from like Uganda. The burrows. They don't actually poorest place in the in the world. Exactly. But yeah, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. Like that's why I'm so happy. I, I you know we started MDH and we took that trip. Because that's when we really, I feel like that's when I really, I remember saying this, I was like, I've done everything in my life just to impress girls in high school. Like, and they don't matter. Like, look at me now. They don't matter at all today. And God, I'm so happy that I killed that ego. And it's, a lot of it's ego, but a lot of it at the same time is like, it's pressure. You know, you you feel pressured because as much as as much as we can say, you know, things in high school don't matter. They do matter at that time. You know what I'm saying? If you were to show up to school in some beaters 24-7, you're going to get made fun of, which is probably going to make, you know, your mental health go down or whatever. So I don't know. It's like it's honestly a tricky slope growing up in a poor community because there's just so much pressure from things that don't matter. Yeah. And that's like like that's that's what we trying to do over here at MDH. Like we just trying to expose like the true realities of life and like. Like we said this last powder, maybe two pods ago, like you don't gotta listen to young boy and like wear Jordans and smoke weed to be cool. Cause in reality, that shit is not cool. We was comparing like the K-pop to like young boy and how everybody in our neighborhoods, they think like young boy is damn near the biggest thing in the world. But compared to these K-pop niggas, them niggas aren't shit, bro. Aren't shit. At all, though. Like, at all. And like, they get maybe, let's say they get 15, 20 million. And that's that's giving them some. Let's say they get 20 million on a song. These K-pop niggas get a billion on, listens on these songs. On the song and the music video. The music video. Like, like that's what I'm trying to tell, like, a lot of these rap or not a lot of them, but just a lot of these people, like, you're so caught up in this echo chamber that you don't understand that there's a world with billions of people out there. Like, yeah, yeah young boys getting 11 million views in two days, but like, that's, that's going to stay under 20 million when you have like Adele, but you know how many people listen to Adele and don't nobody, and don't nobody I know listen to Adele, but in the world, Harry she's Styles. like, she's the most, She's the highest selling artist right now. But we focus on young boy painting his face. Like, bro, I will always say this. I never knew how big Harry Styles was until I went out camp. Like, I'm like, why do these motherfuckers like Harry Styles? I didn't understand. I I would like, I would look at the charts and be like, yeah, how is Taylor Swift number one on the charts? Like, I never heard nobody listen to Taylor Swift. And then you go to like one of these rich places, all they listen to is. Harry Style, like you said, Ed Sheeran, they listening to uh, Taylor Swift. And you realize, like, damn, like, the environment that you grow up in is so small. Like, even, so even the environment, even those, people, even those people, like, you would even 
because I would come from like the hood and I would go to Winchester and I would realize like, damn, like in some ways, the world that they grew up in is even smaller than the world that I grew up in because they're so insulated. Like they got this whole, like the, 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 the politics of like just this one town. Like it was like 20,000 people in this town, bro. They had like a whole, they had like this whole like politics system. They had this whole like hierarchy that was so like, the kids were like the best houses. Like they, those was the names that you knew. Like the popular kids was the kids that had money. Like just in general, the whole culture was so independent of, and they didn't even think about or care about the outside world. Like yeah. it didn't even exist to them. You know what I mean? And it's definitely the same thing in the hood where it's from a, maybe a lack of experience that it's like that, it's that way in poor communities, but in rich communities, it's really like a self-absorption that bro, that's kind of like seals you off from reality. That's the biggest thing, bro, just lack of experience. Like so many people just don't have the experience to just get out of their bubble and go out like, because if you just live in North Las Vegas, like Tommy says, you'll think Young Boy is the biggest artist, but getting out of there, like that's that's why when Tyler Crater was like uh, leaving Los Angeles for the first time when I was 20 was the best thing I could have did. And I like leaving North Las Vegas is the best thing I could have did because it really, I mean, quitting basketball honestly was the best thing that I did because that in itself was my bubble, the basketball like culture, the basketball community out here. But going to Reno, like it really showed me that like the stuff that the, that people think is cool out here is not cool at all, at mm -hmm. all. Like Jordans are not cool no more in Reno. Like nobody's wearing the sixes no more or the nines. Like they, they're Jordan ones, of course. And like the 11s aren't even that popular, even mm -hmm. if, like, yeah. And, and I think that's like damn near the saddest thing. It's like your whole life you lived in this bubble. And like when you leave, you realize like, damn, you were so far away from what reality actually was. And it makes you question so much shit. Like what is like reality? If that's because you we're in our own bubble, they're in their, our, their own bubble. Like we're like, what is real and what is fake? And it's, it's like, it really fucks with me personally. Cause I'm like, like I thought the world was one certain way for so many, so long. And it's like, well, I've been out here maybe a year and a half, almost two years, and it's like it's so, it's yeah, so, literally opposite of what I thought it was, and it's like I don't know. It's even hard to explain, to be honest. Yeah, and like even like I think like when because COVID, like when when this whole thing first started, like this is the first time where I heard like a lot of people talking about like a bad time or like times being bad or like this is a tough time like this is a rough time and like you got to put the context to like what exists not only like in the type of environments that we grew up in but like in different countries in the world like you can talk about like the world changing like the world being a better place or like everybody feels like the world was so great in like 2016 but nah bro it was terrible in like most of the world in 2016 yeah. it's terrible in most of the world now like it's really not that big of a difference you know what I mean like your expectations of life just change so much. Like your situation that you're in, your immediate situation in life is almost like your in your entire like existential like idea of what life is and what life means can be just so much different based on what your expectations are, bro. Exactly. Like for me, COVID was was like when shit kind of started getting better. <laughs> like you tell that to people <laughs> right. and they'll look yeah. at you crazy. But I'm like, nigga, I'm from 
the downtown Las Vegas. Like yeah, niggas yeah. was dying around the street from where I live, nigga. You think bro. that I'm supposed to be scared of a fucking pandemic? Bro, like the kids, <laughs> the kids like at our school that will be talking about like they want to kill themselves because of school. They want to kill themselves because they ain't make the lacrosse team. They want to kill themselves. Like, <laughs> like, bro, you just understand that, like, they're like, bad. We trying to our, live. Yeah, like, their bad is their bad day is, like, our, like, best day. You know what I bro, mean? Well, that's like, what we was, we was talking about this one time. We were like, do you think, like, the, like, a white man, like, when they want to, because you, if you know, white males are the number one people who commit suicide. And we was like, do you think, like, their, like, lowest is, like, just a regular day for a black nigga? See, but I don't think so, because I feel like, at the end of the day, pain is... It's regular. all based on perspective. Yeah, it's yeah. all your perspective, yeah. So it's but like, it's kind of just, like, objectively, what happens over the course of, like, a terrible day in a white person's life is, like, not even... Like, I remember, bro, I remember when there was this one time... Like I think my like my sophomore year in the town that I was in, it was a murder. There was one murder, and everything, <laughs> everything <laughs> stopped. Everything was different. People was like shook for like two months. Like it was the craziest. Like nobody was talking about nothing else. It was a murder in the library. Like this crazy dude like killed this like woman in this library and stabbed. It was a stabbing too. That's the thing about the suburbs, bro. When it's a when it's like a murder in the suburbs is usually awful. Like, I remember, like, the, the last murder before that, this dude, like, killed his whole family and killed his mom. But, yeah, bro, everything stopped in this town over one murder. And, like, Philly, it's, like, four or 500 murders average per year. And I mean, life doesn't skip a beat. Like, life moves <laughs> on. People move on. Fast, too. Like, somebody just got shot on New Year's, and, like, ain't nobody talking about it. It's a third. It's only the third. And somebody got killed in the mall, and, like, yeah, so like two niggas on the same day, two malls, two different malls got shot up. <laughs> and don't nobody care. Like they were sharing it on Facebook. They was like, oh God, they was like, just don't go. That's crazy. The mall was probably open the next day. It was. They, they didn't close it down. They don't care. But they got money to make. That's like one of like, because there's so much money that comes into like these inner cities, and for them to still be as like and that's pretty much like if you go to most inner cities, that's like where the most money's probably being made for that that area, that state. And yes. like for for it to still be like how it is, it's just like like LA, like I was saying, bro. LA brings in the most money in the world. And like hell they still gotta skid well. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, y'all. That was hopefully the final uh commercial break, but we might have another one. But yeah, um, there was one more point you wanted to make, Nayobe. Yeah, yeah. Um, just about how like life, like life is different. Like literally, people's like meaning of life, like the whole meaning of life is just different depending on like how much money you have, bro. Like I remember I had like this um this host family that I used to stay with on the weekends when I was uh, in this rich town, bro, they used to tell their son all the time, he would be like, all we expect of you is to be kind. And I was just like, bro, like, is like really all you want this nigga to do is be nice? Like, <laughs> like, how, him, bro? Like, how crazy is that? Like, 
think about like, bro, like Tommy, you was telling me about like getting kicked out of your crib, like as like what, 12, 13, bro. Like the types of like crazy, like expectations or even just like that my parents had for me out of necessity. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't about like choice. Like it was like necessity, bro. Like it was like, your life is on, like your life is in danger if you think certain shit is cool or you think certain shit can slide. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I just wanted to make that point about how like it's very fundamental, the types of changes that you see from environment to environment. And, and speaking about, you know, uh, the, what life means compared to your financial level in the world, you know, if y'all don't know this, uh, kind of disgusting trial, it finally just ended which I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be upset with how it ends. But if y'all don't know Ghislaine Maxwell, y'all know who she is. She one of the most, I ain't even going to say one of the most, because there's still a lot of bigger pedophiles out there that are running the country. But, um, you know, she's one of the most notorious uh, pedophiles ever. She had a whole island that she took young children to with Jeffrey Epstein and abused them and her trial just ended uh a couple days ago she was found guilty on only five of the six accounts like what bitch what which one wasn't she found guilty on but um not the one that she wasn't found guilty on was like um it was like soliciting a minor to come to travel to engage in sexual activity it was something like that it was fucking rough it was me I would have, I would have fucking like charged her for like jaywalking, like everything, every single charge, like every, <laughs> every every single offense that you can possibly get, like she did it. For real, on me. Like, yeah, she was found guilty. Yeah, that whole story is crazy. Like, oh man, that's crazy because like they were really taking young girls, bro. Well, she was taking young girls, manipulating this nigga Epstein, and then Epstein was giving them to celebrities. Like, that is the most sickening thing because, like, you talk about objectifying women. Like, that is the most, like, where's a feminist at? This is crazy. Bro, like, this- the feminist was saying, you know, should we look and maybe ask ourselves if Jelaine is a victim herself? Bro, no, bro. She literally, like. She was like, worse than this nigga Epstein. Yeah, she was getting the girls, bro. Like, that's. Uh, and the fact that she's in the crazy bro the fact that she's a woman herself like the yeah. fact that like she used to be a little girl and she's serving up little girls to this dude is just wild to me did y'all bro. see that um that netflix documentary no nah, that, that shit was bullshit netflix documentary that's i watched it but i was like i was watching it but i was like bro and just like a, a lot of other shit with 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 netflix like even the colin kaepernick thing it's like they're doing a they to me they did a lot to to like involve Trump with the case like just to showcase that Trump was involved with yeah that was the whole point and I it mean, was like, like bro like this nigga Joe Cl- I mean Joe Clinton Joe Biden too but this nigga Bill Clinton like it's to me it was like a decent documentary but at the same time it was propagandish to me yeah there was I, a I feel of- like they didn't I feel like they didn't properly handle like the scale of it. Like they yeah, made it exactly. seem like they had a couple, they had like interviews of like a couple of kids that supposedly got served like three up. or something. Like, yeah, bro. bro. They didn't they didn't talk about like the actual scale of it, bro. And then I was thinking about who this nigga Joe home. Biden's family has an island that's literally a mile away from fucking Jeffrey Epstein's. Are you saying yeah? Literally. 
Bro, this yeah, is like bro. the biggest case in in our generation, for sure. Like yeah. one thousand percent. Especially if Jeffrey Epstein, if they wouldn't have killed Jeffrey Epstein, but they unfortunately did. But like the fact that this isn't being propped up is one of the most like scariest things ever, bro. Like this is a child trafficking That's ring that involves political politicians, figures, bro. Like former not former presidents. Exactly. Like, big yeah, bro. like this is the biggest, like. Like this nigga Bill Clinton had Epstein at the fucking White House over sixteen times, bro. And this nigga, to this nigga a... Island over what? How many times? Twenty six. Like, bro, and this is he's still free. Like, why aren't these niggas in court? At least in court. Like, at least it would do me. It would help me sleep better at night if they at least took the shit to trial with the Clintons. And you know what? I mean, bro, they was they was covering the they was covering the Bill Cosby the Bills Cosby case. The media made a bigger deal out of the Bill Cosby case than they did this Jislaine Maxwell and the OJ shit. Yeah. And that was like four women. Like Bill Cosby only did four women, or maybe even less than that. It wasn't thousands of. Little and women. it wasn't young girls. Exactly. It was women. Exactly. <laughs> so bro, like, like and like you know the, you know and and the thing about this case. It's not even just on American level case. That's crazy, bro. Like literally, nigga. Jeffrey Epstein was caught in a picture at Queen Elizabeth's fucking cabin. The fucking Queen of Britain and like, Prince. Britain. And, what's his name? Prince Andrew or Prince Harry? Whichever one of the princes. Like, bro. It just it just came out today that in an unsealed doc, either I I think it was he paid Epstein five hundred thousand dollars to like keep some shit quiet bro like and this is the thing bro they know that this shit if like it's one thing to take down american politicians that's that like it's okay to talk shit about the hillary's and all that but once you put the queen in jeopardy because you gotta remember bro great britain run all this shit to be honest like they own they still own Australia, bro. bro Australia I honestly, is a, fucking, a continent, bro. They own all of Australia. I honestly don't think we ever really won the the Revolutionary War. I think because if you think about it, and like this is like one of those like, if you think about it, bro, there's no way damn near we could have beat Britain at that time. <laughs> think about we didn't have the fucking weaponry. They had sense. all the numbers. They had all the ships. Bro, they had the best military in the world. That's well, like, like how, like, how that's is like, this some some re- regular niggas that decided to come over here is going to beat them? This is what I think happened. I think they was like, you know what? We're going to play the long game. We're going to let these niggas have this one. We're going to put our nigga as the president over there and just keep running it like that. We're going to have control over them the whole time. And like, if you think about the idea of America... It's the land of the free, the home of the brave. So if you have all these people living in like a fantasy land and you really controlling them, you can dictate the rest of the world eventually. Like, I think it was like really some fucking genius shit. And they was like, you know what? Let these niggas have it. And then bro, like even like when you think of like the extent of their power, the extent of their power shows so much in all the power that they give to other people because they don't even have like, they don't even have, allegedly, they don't even have like real political power or legislative power in Britain. They gave up legislative power in Britain. They're chilling, bro. Like they don't even, they don't even want it anymore. They That's got power saying, everywhere else. Bro. Like you know, like I don't know if you, I don't know if you know, but like king, like the word king, 
or the word queen, it's never capitalized in any other country except for the Queen of England. The Queen of England is capital. The King of England is capital. It's not capital anywhere else in the world. Like they got like they still have like supreme, supreme, supreme power. That's why people don't understand. Like Queen Elizabeth is like her and the Pope are one of the are two of the most powerful people in the world. Like yeah, bro. There's and like, they don't even have, want you to, and they don't want that attention. Like facts. They they'll be like. They'll be like the Queen Elizabeth. She don't really do nothing. She just she's just a token of the country. But this bitch literally runs the fucking world. Well, she's a big part in running the world. Like you only got a few people that can really dictate how the world is gonna change that drastically, and she's one of them. And it's crazy. Like all these people, the Pope that nigga's had fucking pedophilic allegations. The fucking like it's just like really crazy when you years. realize that thousands, bro. They've been, like, you real- over for yeah, but, like, they've been like they've been having sex with little kids in the Vatican for like a thousand years, bro. It's like, like it so crazy and little boys at that. that. Are on, yeah, but like it just broke that they're on like pedophile stuff, bro. That's a thousand years in the making, bro. Like, and it's like everybody knows this shit too. That's that's one of the most scariest things. Just like people, you like it's on Joe Rogan's podcast with ten million views, and yeah. people know that the Pope, all these Catholic priests or whatever, they've been raping little boys. Since my like my dad, one of the one of the uh priests that he used to know, not like they were friends, but like one of the people that used to work at a school that he used to go to or something, he was a known pedophile. So it's like we know these people are pedophile, but that just shows how powerful they are. That even though we know and we have evidence and proof and all this other shit that they are pedophiles, they are still in power, bro. Like yeah, and like even even like you think about like the power that like the church, like the Catholic Church had in Europe over that like 2000 year period of pedophilia. Like it's insane. Like they ran, they probably had more power than the Kings and Queens. They had way more. Yeah, way more, especially over the population, over people's, over people's money, over people's brains, bro. Like they had crazy, crazy, crazy power, like unquestionable power. It's really want to pimp niggas out, just build a church. Bro, like, you think about Michelangelo, right? You everybody knows who Michelangelo is. Don't nobody know who the fuck the Pope was during that time, but the Pope was telling that nigga what to do. Literally. And it's like these like they are telling geniuses like Leonardo da Vinci, they're telling them what to do. That just shows how much power they have, bro. Like, oh do you it's, think it's like crazy. this will ever change? Like this power structure, like like you said, niggas already know all this fucked up shit is happening. So what are we, are we waiting for, oh, it to be proven in court? Like, what, like, do you think this is, and that's why, like, I've had this thought for, like, a, probably about the last year and a half. And I, I bring it up on a podcast one time. And I was like, the more and more I think about it, I think that we are living on a hell planet. Because, like, bro, these powers that be, are literal pedophiles like if you want to be successful you got to go deeper into the matrix go deeper into all this fucking dark shit just to have a ounce of the power they have and it's right. like we know all of this and i'm like it's the like, that's only like the logical darkest, conclusion darkest i can answer. ever the only logical conclusion i ever come to is like we're in a fucking hell planet like yeah. Have you seen the the Good Place? Either y'all. I was about to watch that yesterday, but not. Bro, like, so basically, the Good Place is. I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm just gonna tell you like what it is. 
But um, these niggas are basically right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm spoiling season one a little bit. But they die, and they think they're in heaven. And, like, it's all beautiful. It's all, like, nice skies and shit. But, like, it's just, like, small shit that, like, kind of triggers them and, like, keeps them on edge and, like, makes their anxiety high, just like, you know, with humans. And But the entire time, they're in hell. Like, they're in hell the entire time. But the point is, you're not supposed to figure out that you're in hell. You're supposed right. to think that this is heaven, and it's right. just fucking terrible. And I'm Ooh, like... I Bro, that's literally life on this earth. You yeah. think about what the devil literally is. He's deception. That's all he is. Like when people paint the devil out as like this dude with horns and shit, that's not what he looks like. He was actually the most beautiful angel. So right. we're on this planet thinking like, this is the most beautiful life. We got it nice. Like even like you think about just like Americans, we think we got a beautiful life, but it's somebody with nothing, with an half of what we have, barely a house, and they're happier than us. So it's like, you really got a question, like, is all of this shit just to, to deceive you into thinking that, I mean, to pulling you deeper into the matrix? You know, you think about being famous. What are you doing? You get more money. You do this. But then look at the celebrities. They cracked out. Or they, they going crazy. They going insane. And it's like. They like going said, to Jeffrey we, Epstein's island. Like you said, we just didn't, we we literally are getting set up. Like it, when you think about fame and shit, we're literally just being like, you know what? We want to hang with these pedophiles. That's the whole idea of being a celebrity is that you can communicate with these pedophiles and network with these pedophiles in a way that other people can't. And like, yeah, that's like the only thing that makes you. I mean, think about like like smart people. Even that the way to like gain the knowledge, bro. Like honestly, like you honestly think that like you wouldn't be a little bit like. Ha like ignorance is bliss you know what I mean like just having like knowledge about what's really going on in the world like it messes you up bro like thinking about like even the way that we interpret like history bro like when we learn history you don't really learn about all the actual awful terrible shit that happens For real. Like, Facts. and like I, I always like around that same time when I had this thought like this this other thought came to mind and I was like is ignorance truly bliss like can only the wise know true happiness? Because if you think about the smartest people who have ever lived, they were all deeply, deeply depressed. Most of them probably ended up killing themselves. And it's like, and it just makes me think like, is, can one, do you know true happiness if you're ignorant? Because you're just oblivious to hella shit that's going on around you. Or you feel me like, you get what I'm saying? Like, do you yeah. think, it, like, it's hard to put into words, but it's I like, feel like y'all get what I'm saying. My mom told me, she was like, you're really smart. And that's, that's like almost a bad thing. And it's like, when you're really smart, it is a bad thing because you, like, you pick up on things that other people don't. Like, and when you're, like, the ignorance is, creates happiness. It's like, I wish, like, honestly, like, there is a huge part of me that wishes I can just live through life and not know the shit I know, but I can't. And I'm like, a part, like, of course, a part of me is happy that I do know. But then another part is like, bro, I could have literally just did what I had to do, get my vaccine, get all five, get all five shots, <laughs> go to, sign up for class. You feel probably get a $50 gift card to Walmart, but instead I'm struggling because I want to be more, or I feel like I'm more intelligent than, you know, whatever 
they're trying to or whatever they're trying to stick in me. Uh, or whatever. Like, I, I'll be going through the same thing, like because I was always smart, but like when shit really clicked for me was that that trip. And like sometimes I'm like, yeah, that was one. That was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. But sometimes I'm like, if I could go back before that and not know any of this shit, life would be so much easier. I would be able to fucking be around these bot ass niggas and not be mad about it and just and like have a good like, time. Yeah, exactly. Like, think about how fun I'll be able to are, go like, to these parties and have like yes, bro. And have a great time. Like, think about all the people we used to hang out with. Them niggas were fun as fuck. Yes. But now we gotta be like, you know what? We can't even we can't even do it because we don't want to sacrifice our intellectual value or our intellectual, you know, greatness just to hang out with y'all. And it's like, and bro, that's literally oh why God. we started MDH, bro. Cause like, I, it's just like, it's real sad. Like for you to be knowledgeable, you got to leave the rest of the world behind. Like, and you got to literally exist in your own reality and like that's like really what it felt like especially after that trip it's like i'm telling niggas this shit i'm telling you this shit i'm not only telling i'm showing you this shit like for instance the chris cuomo shit remember that i'm showing you this shit i'm showing you dictionary quotes i'm showing you to your face but you don't get it and it's like you're literally on a different planet from these niggas now and it's yeah. hard. It's it's hard. It's really hard to live. Through. Yeah, it can be wild, bro. Like, um, when I was like twelve, I read um like Malcolm X's book. So I started trying to like kick like Malcolm X to like my seventh grade class. Mm-hmm. And when I me tell too, you, that's crazy. And when I tell you, like, them niggas hated me. Like they hated me, bro. Like they despised me. Like mm-hmm. they was so pissed. Like they was so mad. Like. I was telling like the girls in my class to like stop wearing weaves, like that's corny. I was telling like when we like this was like. This bro, was, I tell like, my sister that she gets hella mad. Yeah, bro. Like I, this was like 2014, 2015. Like Michael Brown is happening. Like Trayvon Martin is happening all around that time. I guess police killing after police killing, bro. And I'm giving like and I'm like keeping it real about like what's actually going down. And people literally just don't want to hear it. I think that like different people have a different tolerance for just like the truth bro and like really engaging in it it's a it's just about like mental toughness i think is a yeah. part of it and it's also yeah. i think it's just like how you grow up certain people that just have like a higher tolerance for just like knowing the truth dealing with it and not getting like bogged down in it mm-hmm. but yeah bro like i would be trying to talk to them about malcolm x talk to them about like slavery like really like kind of give like a, a separate type of education and they would just completely shut shut it off. Like they were way, way, way more content to live in like their fairy tale land. Honestly. And it, it's like at the same time, you can't blame. Them. See, actually, I'm watching this anime, which I don't know if y'all mess with anime, but it's called Promise Neverland, right? And it's not really anything to spoil, really, but well, kind of, but not really. So basically, there's these kids. They're all orphans. And they all live on a farm from the day they were born, though. So they can't really remember. They don't they don't remember a life before the, the farm and their mom. They like they love the mom there and they love every they love because they're all brothers and sisters, technically. So they all love each other. And then one day, like so they send the, the kids off at a certain point to go to families. Allegedly, one day, the one of these girls that they were sending off left her little bunny 
And then these two kids went to go give it to her. And when they went to go give it to her, they seen her dead. And they seen that these demons were about to eat her. Or like these people on the outside world were about to eat her. And now they're trying to escape. But it's like that whole time, you could have lived your whole life on that farm not knowing none of that and been happy. Like, because you see their, their change. Like you see, they show you the day before it happens and they're so happy, bro. Like the, the, the one character named Emma, she's smiling all the time. They see it and she literally like her life changes. And I feel like that's what happens to a lot of, or that's what a lot of people think is going to happen. Well, it does happen. Like a lot of people don't even want to know because they're like, you know what? I ain't even going to stress myself out over that. And I can't blame them because like you, like as all of us are saying, like that shit is haunt. That shit will discourage the fuck Bro, out of Bro, that shit had me crying like myself. Just <laughs> like when I first learned about the Jeffrey Epstein shit, like for a cool month, bro, I was crying myself to sleep, bro. Like even yeah. now, like it's just making me like sad just talking about because it. it's like this is literally the world we live in. Like this is the reality that we're in. And it's like, I don't know. I, over time, I kind of like I kind of adopt this. I adopt I adopted this like mentality where I really think like there there are a few that are chosen. Like there are a few that are chosen that are strong enough that have the mental capacity to know the truth. And those motherfuckers can either turn evil or they can try and free the rest. And I mean, as of right now, you look at the, the, the shape of the world, most of them are evil. And have you ever heard of um five percenter philosophy? Yeah, like the five percenters are yeah. gonna be the ones that gotta free the rest of the world. Yeah, that's like exactly what you just described, like five percent mm. philosophy. I, I feel like that whole idea of like ignorance is bliss is like the crux of like black people's problems in this country, bro. Cause mm -hmm. like as much as it's terrible, like the shit that we go through and have gone through in this in this country, like we're comfortable with it, bro. Like we're comfortable here. It's easy. It's easier for us to just live in America. We might get shot. We might get hung. <laughs> we <laughs> we going to be poor. They all racist, but it's a little bit easier than just taking the initiative to try to like tear down a, a, a like a world structure that's like set against you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I don't, and the thing about it is like, yeah, as much as it's corny and as much as it's, you can't blame people for that. Cause I feel them a thousand percent. I don't blame a person for going down to Mason Margellas in the neighborhood because there's, that's all they're used to. Like, that's the only, like getting compliments from niggas down the street. That's their, like, that's their trust fund. That's what makes them super happy. That's what sets them on a, on a track for life and like, the, the part about tearing shit down is like, you see this a lot with rappers and really Kanye was the first person to open my eyes with this because they really make you feel like you're somebody. Like these music industries in the radio, they make young boy feel like somebody when in reality, he's a nobody. Like he has no power. I mean, he has a certain amount of power over the youth, but other than that, he has no power in the world. He has like no agency over his life. Like like if if there's like a situation that really 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 like messes up the world that we live in right where it's just completely different like young boy is going down with the rest of us. exactly <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like he doesn't have that real power to change his life situation or like real control over his life For it's real. a very 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 small amount of people that actually do. and it's like and it's th this is another thing that just made me think like 
we live in a in a hell a hell fucking planet because it's like for if you know this truth they make you out to be crazy like you look at kanye bro and this and like i don't really like go to bat for celebrities like this but like that but like kanye is one person where like i will really argue a nigga and i hate only only when they say he's crazy because i hate when people call him crazy and i'm like what about the shit he is saying is crazy like literally like just listen to what this nigga is saying like right that shit like pisses me off yeah bro i remember like people used to honestly i was never somebody who like really 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 defended him but I never was somebody that was going to, like, condemn him for anything. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know, for instance, like, him doing something like um, supporting Trump, which, honestly, I wasn't in favor. Of. I didn't think that it was necessarily a good move. But it's like, what types of choices do you really have? Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that a part of something like um, supporting Trump is about his policies, who he is as a person, but people's outrage with, 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 with Kanye supporting Trump, most of that had to do with the fact that like black people in this country have a, have a role, bro. Like part of black people's role in this country is the, is really to vote Democrat. Like it's very important. Like that's the, that's the only role, but that's the, <laughs> no, if you really think about Seriously. it, the only role, the only real role for free black people it's yeah. to vote Democrat. And the and only mean, other role you got is to be a fucking slave in jail. That's the only I mean, two real roles you got. And I mean, we can, I mean, that's not, we're, we're, we're like, we're complicit in that. But I think also like, um, when you, when you, when you get at Kanye for doing something like supporting Trump, like you're engaging in your own type of racism. You know what I mean? Because exactly. you're bottling him in, you're opting into, you're opting into the idea that, uh, a black person has a singular role in this country, which is to vote, which is to vote Democrat, and to basically, yeah. really just like it, it's it's just like the established order. You know what I mean? And it's, him working against that established order, yeah, him working against that established order in Trump's name is one thing, but I'm definitely down with just the principle of somebody making a decision not to fall into the role that society has given them since birth. And in like. It's literally what Joe Biden said. And this is how this is how on lock they know they they're not feel. They know they have the black community. When this nigga said, if you don't vote for me, you not black. That right there showed me, okay, y'all know. Y'all know what y'all doing. Like it's not even about black people voting for Democrat because they feel like Obama was nice. It's like they know that they are that they have these niggas in order. Bro, that's it, more racist than anything Trump bro, that's the ever most, said. Like, because you know the, what's the saddest part? Black people were saying this nigga, it was like, well, he kind of got a point. No, you know the saddest part? This, it was a black <laughs> nigga. Bro, it was the blackest nigga damn near on this planet interviewing the nigga. Charlemagne the God literally sat there and watched him say that and did not question him one bit. Yeah, the only thing like, he was bro, like, well, we ain't talking about Trump. Like, nigga. I'm like, bro, like, this is the most. And th- still like, endorse these niggas. And, and then another role that, that, that these rappers have, you think about, you think about what these rappers are doing. They're just inciting more and more violence in democratic cities, bro. You think about Chicago. That's a democratic city. The drill rap scene, they didn't stop that shit. You know, if, if anybody, like, you talk about, like, 
somewhere in the south and you talk and they're like oh yeah hope, like it's a war going on down there they're not putting up with that shit they're not gonna mediatize it and make it seem tight but the dem the, but the people i'm not gonna say the democrats but whoever runs chicago was like no we're gonna allow these the niggas democrats. to literally brag and boast about killing other black people and, and not do shit about it that is the most bro like that's the most disgusting thing and yeah. scariest I mean, thing ever you gotta think about like who gets bothered and who like the rule is like if somebody's disliked you should probably like them <laughs> if somebody is outcast right. in society if somebody is blacklisted if somebody is listening literally to thrown out of society like chances are they right. they was they was doing the right thing and they you know what i mean and they got right. you know what i mean or like even when you see like just lane maxwell or jeffrey epstein they got sacrificed like they're not the point is not the point is not um justice do for all these kids bro yeah. the point is to throw a name and a face in front of the media for people to see for people to demonize right. and then to, to to get thrown in jail and for people to feel like the world is a good place again and they can go back on Netflix, bro. Wow, bro, that was fucking beautiful. That was that was that that's was that, that's literally that you you just explain life. Like that, that, that that's exactly what's about to happen after this this trial. Like this bitch might get I don't know, let's say she get 30 20 years. I don't even think the bitch going to get 20 years to be honest. Yeah, they gonna give this bitch a light ass life. sentence at a light ass prison. Oh my gosh, probably gonna, gonna get out after young. five years. Nobody's gonna question it. Nobody's even gonna know the bitch is out. She probably not even in jail right now. If we're being honest, if we're being completely honest, and all this is gonna happen, she. But basically, she's gonna get sentenced, sent to jail allegedly, and nobody's gonna question. Well, what about all the niggas who who went to the fucking island? Exactly, you know? bro. Like just like he said, they already put a face on it. Like right. people's already like, like they on they on Facebook like, oh, I'm so happy they got that bitch finally. But it's like, bro, that's not. I mean, that's the you bitch think, you should be worried about. But there's no, I'm not worried about it. fucking Ghislaine Maxwell. To me. Nah. I want, I won't be satisfied to Hillary Clinton as it has her head chopped off. <laughs> nah, nah, I was hey, just playing, y'all. Hey, did y'all see her read her uh her victory speech that she was gonna say if she won the presidency? That's but that's how deep they thought she had that shit in the bag. Yeah. The bitch wrote her victory speech before she before the numbers even came out. Like, come on, bro. And and that's since we talking about this fucking Glenn Maxwell shit, I just wanted to bring this up before we get off here. Did y'all hear um, you know, Central New uh Central Nigga News Network, CNN? Uh <laughs> they uh they have recently had their second producer. In like the last month, just been he's under investigation for pedophile tendencies. Bro, I think like BLM founders, Black Lives Matter founders are under investigation right now because of this Ghislaine Maxwell case. Did you see? It was like a I whole. Can believe it. I saw it on. I saw it on like Instagram, but it was a whole. You you had to scroll through. You can, it was like one of those slides on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You slow, slow uh slid through like slide after slide. It was. Governor, judge, senator, senator, president. <laughs> oh judge, yeah, I think I've seen that. BLM founder, a uh, 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 big corporation founder, like fifty names, bro. Fifty names. This was like at the beginning of the trial, bro. So that's like probably just just scratching the surface of all like the 
crazy, crazy, crazy powerful people. Those are just like like we were saying, nigga. The Pope and Queen was literally involved with these niggas, bro. <laughs> so like we talking about a press nigga, the niggas who run the entire world was involved with these niggas, bro. And I mean, like, yeah, I mean. It's people that it's people that probably got just as much or more power than the queen that we just are never gonna hear of. Yeah, oh, yeah. you don't we know who actually hear runs shit. The niggas who print hear. money don't use it. Yeah, bro, I was watching this thing on uh this this thing on Snapchat where um you know like the dude that pulls up and he's like, hey, uh, how much money do you have? And they're just like fifty million dollars, and they like, how'd you get all this money? And then they tell you like their career, bro. I was watching like the looks on their faces of these rich people when they ask them like what their career is, how they made their money, bro. Like half of them just walked away. Half of them made something up that probably wasn't true. Rich people do not want their names to be out there. They do not want people like people that actually have power want as little exposure right. as possible. For me, right. Put Jeff, like you said earlier, if you got money, you don't got to flex it. You don't need to let niggas know. If you got power, you don't need to let nobody fucking know. Bro, you look don't at want Gates. nobody to know. Look don't at Bill Gates, bro. Know. Don't nobody see what Bill Gates is talking about. He ain't doing interviews every fucking Saturday. Like the yeah. only one that I could say is really rich that really put his face out there like that is Elon Musk. Other than that, bro, I don't see no and rich Jeff ass Be- people. Jeff Bezos a little bit, but he yeah a little he- bit. But even him, he's still like you know what I'm you don't know what Jeff Bezos eating today. You don't know what he's wearing tomorrow. Like it's a fake and whatever it is, it's like it's a fake persona. Like it's calculated. Like it's not just like a person. You know what I mean? It's not just like me taking a picture like on Instagram and posting my actual life. Like they got structured uh, 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 images that they put out of themselves that are friendly, that people will eat up. Yeah. And that's it. That's all they, they want. are geniuses. Let's not, bro. They're not just geniuses in their field, bro. To be a billionaire, you got to be a genius of life. And these niggas, they got that shit down, period. Bro. Like you got to think like, most people don't even know who the Rothschilds and Rocker family, Rockefeller yeah, families are. These are two of the most rich. These, Nick, like, bro, the it's United deep. States does not even own our fucking federal bank. We don't even own the federal uh-huh. bank. Do you know who does? The Rockefellers and Rothschilds. How the fuck do some niggas in Europe own the United States Fed? random random they not americans like what it's crazy like you, you and then they will tell never that lie, really bro. Know. that's like the biggest lie that i ever heard is like technically the citizens own the uh the federal reserve really bro like if you actually believe that and like people will be like on some like america like look at like the democracy the greatness of the bro democracy up. is an illusion it's an exactly illusion like of choice. people think that the people think that the government works for them. And then Biden says that you can't go nowhere if you don't have the booster shot. Like, <laughs> like how does he work for you? How does that make any sense? Exactly, bro. If you ain't if you ain't vote Democrat, you ain't black, bro. Like, that's that's that sums up hit their whole that to me that sums up their whole part. Like this nigga can take your whole skin color away. <laughs> just because of a vote. <laughs> bro, it can take your black card. He ain't even black, bro. <laughs> like, like that's like the most disrespectful shit. Like you gonna let an old white nigga who was born, who was who was hand in hand with a, a literal Ku Klux Klan grand wizard, Robert Kraft or whatever the I don't Bird. think his last name. Yeah, Robert Bird. 
He was hand in hand with a wizard, a grand wizard, which is like the highest level you can get in bro, the Ku Klux like, Klan. Honestly, bro, grand wizard, that's kind of cold. Like, as like a title, low key, like, low key, that's a long, bro. <laughs> hey, we should we should do that for NDH, bro. We should have a grand wizard and then just have. Man. I'll be the grand wizard. You could think of another cool name. Yeah, like grand wizard is yeah, like, like older than president. Like blacksmith. What the fuck? <laughs> you gonna be a grand wizard and I'm gonna be a black? See, that's that colorism right there. I am the lighter tone, so you know. This nigga I should. Is. I get the the more privilege. No, I'm just playing. Nah, but, but. <laughs> nah. But are we are we gonna wrap it yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, y'all, y'all want to? I mean, we got less than a minute. That's why I was yeah. like, we're gonna wrap, I know, it, I know. wrap it up in this one. Yeah, but um, that's <laughs> gonna be the end. Of, <laughs> that's gonna be the end of this, you know, podcast. Thank you for coming on, Neo. Yeah, Bay. thank you. You know, you was a great, you know, guest. We about to start getting more guests back in. Yeah. But um, yeah, for real, bro. Y'all need to open your eyes to the reality of the world, like on a real serious tip. Seriously. But, Thank you for coming on again. You were on. You were a great guest to be Thank honest. You. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, fast. appreciate that. Um, Appreciate y'all for listening. If y'all made it this far. Yeah, this is MDH TV signing out, baby. Peace. That's to your bitch. Damn. <laughs> <laughs>